again and again I ask myself whether this content strategy I'm currently kind of trying to do, which is, in short, just recording myself in a conversational style, similar to how I would converse with somebody else, with a person basically, and not trying to emulate fast cuts, not trying to opt for dopamine-seeking or dopamine-inducing um, additions to a video like music and like talking faster or like having very exaggerated hand gestures. There are, I think, of three pr problems that currently prevent me from doing, from making better videos. My language and pronunciation is still not very good. I, I cannot really express often in English the same thing I would be able to express in German, which is my native language. The second part is my pronunciation is pretty bad. So now, the second point, I think, is knowledge. The problem, I think, is that due to me spending a portion of my time recording things, and basically by recording things, and similar, this is basically the same principle, I would say, or a very similar principle to self-confirmation bias that is based on social interactions. Basically, me, so just to explain this and just to give it an example to, to not make it too complicated. If you tell somebody you did something, what you are actually often, I think, seeking is the self-confirmation, the social confirmation of somebody else confirming the thing you did. So now if you tell somebody something about your life, this might be kind of the hidden reason why you are actually telling this person this. Because if you already would feel fully, in whatever sense, then you maybe could just listen to the other person and be the listener on your own. So therefore, you are maybe just seeking social confirmation. And the same, I think, is kind of true for, so at the same time, um, if you just talk to a person and the person doesn't really react at all, but reaction is not something that is just, that is just positive or zero. It can also be negative. But what I'm trying to say is that even if your friend does do nothing about it and just says, yeah, or even if he doesn't say anything, the fact that he doesn't go into the negative territory and basically maybe quits your friendship and says, you did this thing and I don't want to ever have to do something with you again um, because yesterday you maybe forgot to feed your cat or something like this then or to water your plants maybe a more profane example then even if the friend doesn't say anything it's still a level of acceptance so now think of this as as time management out of the 24 hours of your single day if you spend 30 to 60 minutes a day talking about things in your life that already exist, you're basically, of course, you're explaining them better and maybe you understand yourself better in the process and are able to make future optimizations more efficient or in introduce them earlier. The problem is, in this time, you are basically just... You're basically just um, re-enacting things that already happened. You're trying to make something into a story, which usually isn't a story, because things just happen either way or another, and then we retrospectively often try to make a story out of something. So if I now do this exact same thing in a video, what I'm essentially doing is I'm constantly self-confirming 
my thoughts about the world and my beliefs about the world and my, the things I know about the world. If I say something three times, five times, ten times to myself in an empty room to a camera and people don't ban me from the internet for saying something like this, then this is also a level of acceptance. And then if some people even watch it and no one says anything, maybe, then or no one says anything that's very negative, similar to the friend situation, then you just spend a portion of your time self-confirming everything you already know. Compared to maybe another allocation of your time, so an allocation is just how you spend your time. Allocation is just um, what would be a synonym. Well, in this specific case, we can just say it's the proportion of how you spend your time, the ratio of how you spend your time, which would be an even better synonym, at least in this specific case. So now, if you replace one hour of potential learning, where you don't repeat what you already know to a friend or to yourself or to the internet, and compare it with any other activity where you could potentially learn something, like doing a simple job, like um, driving a bike, like studying for an hour, like working for an hour for a company, then what you end up with is a failed opportunity of learning. So basically, if you are here, and this is the future, or let's just say the future is to this, into this direction, then I imagine often that life is just a series of decisions. And every single decision is just a node, basically just a small point. And now, just as in order to simplify this, we just assume that at every single given point in time, so basically this is all of your life, and then you have a single point here, and now there is a single decision that has to be made. And let's just say it is a binary decision, meaning there are two options. At now this point in time, what you actually have to do is decide for something. And now, if you decide for something, you can never turn it back. Why? Because time only works linearly. So therefore, even if you have a fairly similar opportunity, again in your life, then it will never be the same because you just cannot go back. Everything you do is completely stamped into the timeline every single second, like doom, doom, doom. Imagine a godly creature that constantly looks down on you and stamps your history into your timeline. And this is basically the decision tree. And now if you think about what potential future you could become or what potential you, you could become in the future, then often you can also attribute possibilities or not so much possibilities but probabilities of future outcomes to these decision trees. And one of these future outcomes would be how knowledgeable I am at a certain point in time. And if we take a look at a certain point in time, maybe one year from now, two years from now, ten years from now, if I opt for self-confirming the things I already know or explaining them better, I mean, maybe this also helps me in some way or another. But if we just, in terms of, if we just isolate the variable knowledge and we just say I opt for the one hour of talking to a camera or talking to people about the things I already know, then I am self-confirming. And the other version probably would be the better version. And I think we have kind of an intuitive sense of what the better version would be. And because we cannot go back, every single decision basically throws us into a different, into a different tree. 
and all the other trees at the exact moment. The bigger, the bigger godly creature stamps us in time, stamps our time st timeline into the history. These decisions are made and can never be reverted back. And what this means is, for every single decision we make, we have to keep in mind that this will probably change the likelihood of very different outcomes, of very different variables. And one of these decisions is a decision to maybe confirm your biases and beliefs and facts and things you think you know about the world, or you don't. Think about, for example, if I would spend the same time I'm speaking English to a camera, I would actually speak English to somebody else. I would have constant feedback and I would learn if somebody misunderstood something because it's a constant live feedback, but I don't have it if I speak it to a camera and then have a delayed feedback I may not even look at because maybe that's not something that's useful to you. So this is part two. So part one was basically the premise that I would record these conversational style videos. No, actually it was not. Part one was the language barrier. The language and pronunciation barrier, which is basically summed up, can be summed up in I am, my communication skills are not high enough for me to currently produce content that is engaging enough for people to actually really like it and watch it. And there's, I mean, there seems to be a debate going on. Um, these are kind of two directions of the internet. The one direction of the internet is make everything more clickbaity, basically creating as many dopamine hits as possible or basically getting, so if you think about dopamine and you make a graph out of dopamine, this is time and this is the dopamine spike. It's not the dopamine spike, it's just the amount of dopamine in our system. So what you're basically trying to do um, when you want to create something that's very engaging, if you take the derivative of this function, basically how steep this function is over time. So basically the derivative is the steepness of a function. And not really the steepness, but also it can also go down. So basically it's, I don't know the right word, but it's this thing. So if you take this over time, what you're actually aiming for is every single second, or of course it's not every single second, but on average for the whole video. Let's just say it's a one or a 10 minute video. Then of course you can also take the function where you take the average, which is basically just the average. So a very basic example of this function is if you're taking the average speed of a car over a 200 kilometer drive, then the average speed also is kind of the derivative. But at the same time, at every single point in time, you could have a more precise derivative that is more close to a very infinite point in time that is basically infinitely small. And now the same is true for dopamine. So basically if you are aiming for a 10 minute video, then you want to have as steep of an incline of dopamine as possible, of the derivative of the dopamine function as possible. And this is obviously kind of a problem, but it's also what we already are based on. I mean, gossip, for example, probably also creates dopamine in us. And it kind of works because it is useful for us and therefore evolution thought this would be something we have to optimize for. So now what I'm trying to say is that the internet 
is going kind of into two directions, which of course are not really opposing, but these are just two directions content on the internet is going into. And the one direction is to make things more and more and more and more and more clickbaity. Clickbaity is basically just a summary of all these trends to create more dopamine release. Think very fast talking people, think music, think constant light changes in the video, multiple cuts, maybe cuts every single second or cuts every 2.5 seconds. This finger action scene in a movie, but just constantly. Think of it as a Mr. Beast video. So now this is the one trend. And the other trend is that people, for example, like Andrew Huberman, are just talking. Of course, it's very a very high level talk and people like Joe, like Joe Rogan also talking and lots of other people also just talking. The problem now is if you talk, you cannot just talk. Because if you just talk, um, for the average human, if you talk to other people publicly, um, with the possibility for till infinity that people can actually watch this, most people probably have not the self-awareness or at least seem to not have the self-awareness. I don't, I don't want to make generalizations here. What I'm trying to say is that some people, let's just say some people, of the average population probably have not the self-awareness in order to basically do their own PR, their own public relationship management in order to not get cancelled. Of course, people get also get cancelled. People also get cancelled these days for things that are just not very useful to get cancelled for and also um, this contradiction with free speech. But now, what I'm trying to say is, if you say something publicly, you have to be very aware what you're actually stating. And the things you may judge others for, for example, if you read any gossip on the internet on famous actors, for example, and you judge them for, oh yeah, I would never, I would never be that stupid, I would never do this, chances are, in a very similar case, you probably would do something. I, I, I'm only extrapolating from my own experience because I often think, oh yeah, I'm so much smarter than these people, at least in specific situations, and then I realize I'm just as dumb in these situations, and if my actions in these situations would be public, if every single thing I ever did could theoretically be cut out and edited into a video, and then these are the, the five negative things about this person, then I would probably also not have the best light. Or I would not be shown in the best light. So now, the question is, to which extent do you censor your own speech? That's kind of the question. And what I'm trying to say with Andrew Huberman is, he is on a very high level, not in terms of censorship as a negative term, but in terms of self-awareness, awareness, and also just optimizing his speech output in a way that is actually very high level, very academically spoken, and also very trying to be precise and also to be truthful, but at the same time trying to be simple and easy to understand and making scientific data and knowledge accessible. So these are kind of two directions. And of course, over time, the only thing that makes sense is to up the quality of your content. And I don't really think is, of course, also you could argue that if something has a bigger dopamine spike, then it is better content. And people go to the movies for exactly this. But I think you can think of this as system one and system two. System one is the automatic part of our mind, and system two is the rational part of our mind. And what you are maybe should try to optimize for is not to 
satisfy the system once of people, the automatic part that is um, constantly bombarded with music and likes the music and is then hyped up about things. But you actually want to aim for system two, for the rational part of our mind, and you want to create content for this part. And this is, a, I think, a very simple, simplified approach. So therefore, again, knowledge. So the first part is communication. The second part is knowledge, basically. Knowledge and also knowledge over time and maybe how my knowledge over time improves or doesn't improve. And when it comes to now the spectrum of making things more and more clickbaity, up to the point where you have very many misleading titles, for example, these days on YouTube. Just search for any gossip and you will see basically misleading thumbnails and titles. So basically this, these things, these are just wrong. The assumptions you make by seeing a thumbnail and then reading the title it is often a wrong assumption. And since many people probably make the same assumption, or at least all these assumptions target into a very, into kind of the same direction, then it is just misleading and it's just not very truthful. So honesty or just not trying to deceive people, just not trying to click, to make people click on something, to basically not make clickbait into a click trap is something you probably should not optimize for or I should not optimize for. So the second part is knowledge. Therefore, I think long term, the thing that makes sense and also now, and also what I'm trying to say is that there is another variable and this other variable is trust because of this concept called a parasocial relationship. We basically apply the normal social relationship um, stuff we already have in our mind to people we also don't know face to face. And then we think the more we can see this person, we can judge this person and see how this person actually acts in real life. Maybe, or at least we think we can prognose what this person will probably do in real life, predict what this person will do at a given point in time or will say at a given point in time. We think we know this person. And the more you go into the direction of heightening your parasocial relationship to the people who actually view your content, the more you're also kind of going into a direction of, I wouldn't say misleading people, because there, there are two sides to this coin. There are probably many more sides to this coin. But the one side is that obviously you are not your viewer's friend. You don't know them in real life, but they think they know you and that's a problem for the both of you. But not so much for you because you don't know all these people, but these people think they know you. So of course it has upsides and downsides, but what I'm trying to say is there is also this thing called parasocial relationships and it also plays a role. For example, I would say I, to a certain degree, trust Andrew Huberman, even though, so I, I, for example, a few days ago, I thought about a very specific topic about whether I should do this in my daily schedule and whether this made sense to optimize for. And I basically, at, to a certain degree at least, trust what Andrew Huberman says about a certain topic. I trust that he stands to his knowledge. I trust that he has done his research. I trust that he didn't try to mislead me. And therefore, this trust is basically the thing that is 
combined with the parasocial relationship, the thing that also over time probably will create these bonds, but will also make people benefit from these bonds that don't really exist, that only exist because of an internet connection. Now, initially I wanted to have three points, but I actually don't really have three points. I think these two points, my communication skills, so basically how able I am to communicate what is in my head and knowledge over time, also with learning, basically what's in my head are the main variables, why I think my content strategy might not really take off in one way or another. Of course I have. The thing is, I intentionally designed this, I intentionally restricted myself into not producing videos with music, into not producing very scripted videos, because I wanted to have these limitations. I wanted to be these two things, my knowledge and my communication skills, to be my two bottlenecks. And the only way I could improve is by improving outside of the recording, by improving my own knowledge outside of the recording. Because if I am talking here without a script, so basically for hours sometimes, of course about different topics in different videos, but the thing that constrains me is my skills, the communication skills I have, and the knowledge I have in my brain, the ideas I have in my brain. And I thought a lot about maybe creating videos, like video essays, about creating other videos, about um, maybe doing photography and posting it to Instagram and things like these. But ultimately, I think all these, the most true way of conversation, the most true way I can actually make an impact is by just sharing the things that are in my head. And again, I designed it in a way that the only way I could improve my content so basically my content strategy is kind of fixed. I record short videos, up to 60 seconds, and I record longer videos, which are basically uh, one minute to maybe two hours, which is basically one of the maximum length, lengths of videos I did a few months back. And by constraining this, this strategy of course constrains me because I cannot really emulate what other people are doing all the time, but what also it, what it also does is it protects me from jumping onto a clickbait train, jumping onto a clickbait trend or a TikTok trend. And for example, I'm, I reacted once to a video on TikTok about um, the correlation of ethnicity and, and height, for example. And I just jumped into it without any prior, any prior preparation, just assuming using the things I already knew, knew and just saying something. But the problem is that this approach is not very responsible because if there is something that can be scientifically studied, then it is, I think, irresponsible to talk to one person about it in a way that this one person then could make a judgment on this topic that would mislead them in any way. And the same is true for then trying to possibly speak to 10 100,000, 10,000, up to I don't know how many people at the same time and speaking about this topic. Therefore, also the responsibility, of course, is kind of a burden. And the responsibility also for your own life, because 
you only have this one face, you only have this one body. And if you say something wrong on the internet with your face connected to it, I think it's one of the biggest risks these days. Because if you say something about a specific state, who doesn't want you to say something about it? Or if you express opinions, which may be under jurisdiction, jurisdiction I think is the word, in certain countries, then this might have future consequences in which countries you can actually travel safely to. And this, again, is basically limiting the rest of your life. By saying things, you are limiting what you can do in the rest of your life. And this turns this whole thing of me trying to make content that is as good as possible, but also as true as possible and as true to my values as possible, but at the same time only adherent to the strategy I'm currently applying without currently scripting a large portion of everything, um, a challenge. And this is also the challenge, again, I created for myself. So basically the limitations I currently have with video productions are, is me. The limitation is me, is my, how my knowledge is the state of my knowledge and the state of my communication skills. And if I improve those, I will also largely benefit from the improvements this actually brings to the rest of my life. Because communication and knowledge, basically you could also say the intelligence you can influence, knowledge maybe, because there is a fixed portion of intelligence you cannot really influence and there is a not fixed portion of intelligence. And you could argue that knowledge is a huge part of intelligence or you could argue that point two is actually much more intelligence. Now, these two points are the main constraints, but these two points are also designed to be the main constraints. And therefore, the content I currently create on different platforms is basically sharing the things I already know. And if I don't learn, I cannot really produce new content which is not repeating, which is not repetitive. And that's the whole idea. I have to evolve as a person in order to actually have ideas, in order to actually have interesting content. And there is no other way. There is no other way. And also, in terms of optimization of health, if I see myself every single day on screen, then this is also something I, over time, just become more and more and more aware. And if I fail to optimize for health, which of course also correlates to a certain extent with appearance, then this again creates a constraint which I only can combat by trying to improve my health outside of the recording itself, which is of course a very cruel method you could say, but it's also a method that worked in the past for me. You constrain all other variables such as I wanted to introduce weight training into my life and I constrained all other variables that only the time would act as a cue and then I would do a certain already prescribed workout and then I would just do the workout and now if the time is over and I haven't finished the workout then the chance of still being able to do the workout to finish the workout is over because that's I think how time works how reality works how our life works. Of course this is now very going very big, but stated in a different video already is there is a timeline and you're constantly making decisions. And every single every single second there is somebody above you, a godly creature, that has a hammer and stamps your or has something that actually stamps stamps your personal history into the time itself. 
And since time cannot be reversed, this is what you're going with. You cannot reverse it. And the same is true for making a video, for example. If I make a video about a certain topic and I haven't prepared it in my mind, then there, and I want to record it to a certain point, and the same is true for something like a workout, then there is no other chance. You won't get another chance if you take the hour after you would initially do the workout and you then take this hour, this hour initially, ideally, would have had already another purpose. There are no second chances and this is also kind of a principle I am trying to implement into this whole strategy. And now I think the main reason is that I'm stuck with my current knowledge and stuck with my current communication skills because I am not recording enough content and I'm not communicating or trying to improve my communication skills enough or I'm just not able to keep a certain rate of improvement that I would actually improve my content from the communication skills side but I'm also not very able seemingly to I mean the ideas are kind of uh, more detached thing from your personal self because you can also just use different ideas and compile them together into video which of course is kind of also your own creation but it's also kind of not and by doing something like this you are basically it's a little bit it's not as close to yourself to you as a person as the first thing the communication skills because we identify with communication so much and well it kind of creates this conflict in me to constantly trying to or trying to make something that is a little bit more clickbaity or trying to make some thumbnails for YouTube for example I decided of basically one and a half years ago that I would do YouTube videos but I would do them vertically in the hope that in the future YouTube would basically adapt its algorithm in a way that you would also just swipe because the selection process of the thumbnail and the title is not something that makes, I think, sense, at least if you compare it to the efficiency of something like an algorithm on TikTok. So therefore, I'm basically making YouTube videos for the TikTok algorithm without thumbnails. And that's also something I was kind of betting on, because I also had this constraint that it had to be as easy and it also had to be something that I could do for the rest of my life. And the burden of entry at every single point for the rest of my life should be still as low as now. Basically just taking my phone and recording it. And it's also the reason I record these things on my phone. These videos, these ideas, these concepts, these thoughts on my phone. Because the phone is the thing I always have with me. And this means I also can just record something that I find interesting and comment it. And that's a short video, for example. The idea is also to document my life. And the more you kind of remove yourself from the things that kind of define you as a person, I would say, or I don't really have a good, a good line, a good direction in which you could go to that would correlate with these changes. But let's just say um, it doesn't really make sense for me to, or I don't think it's as useful to talk about how I travel to the city, for example, Compared to and what I did in the city and then I met this person and um, we ate lunch together, compared to what I could produce on the side of the more rational mind, of the system two mind, 
in terms of ideas and maybe there, thereby maybe improving the rate of advancement of the human civilization as a whole. So basically there's this concept of the knowledge giant. So basically it's called Colossus and it's a concept either coined by Tim Urban or just used by Tim Urban, a famous blogger. And it's basically the concept, what makes, it's basically the answer to the question, what makes us so different from other primates? Of course, it's a little bit of a higher intelligence and bigger brains, but the, one of the main things is that we are able to store knowledge from one generation to the other, and this knowledge over time accumulates. But every single person, if I would be born with primates in the jungle, for example, or would have been born, I probably would not be able to speak because no one taught me to. That's the whole idea. What distinguishes us is the common knowledge we share and record and evolve over time. And by trying to produce content that is as truthfully as possible, that is as good in quality as possible, that is that doesn't optimize for short-term clickbait success, I think I can at least somewhat contribute to this human knowledge colossus and that's the whole idea of my content strategy.